0: Welcome to When We Speak, where we shed stigmas, say goodbye to shame, strengthen ourselves, and encourage others. I am your host, Tasha Hunter. This is a podcast where I am blending the intersections of race, gender, sexuality, faith, and trauma. If there is a topic that most people say we're not supposed to talk about, I'm talking about it, because that is how we heal. We don't heal in silence, we heal by speaking out. So today I'm super excited. Um, I have my friends, my family, Andre and Charlotte of the Ancestor Project. Uh, Dre and Charlotte, if you could uh, introduce yourself to listeners.
1: Our blessings. <clears throat> my name is Dre. My pronouns are he, him. And currently I'm in Lumbee, Piscataway territory, also known as Baltimore. I'm, I'm a, it's a pleasure to be here with my co-founder, co-creator, charlotte the dopest ever on the planet i've been i've been i've been a i've been practicing shamanic practices uh, for 13 14 years when i think of myself i like to think of myself as a hollow bone little tiny hollow bone that the universe blows into and i whistle hey
0: that's a super dope intro charlotte
2: Hello, I'm Charlotte James. I use she, her pronouns also on Piscataway Lumbee territory and I'm the co-creator of the Ancestor Project. I started on my path not super consciously in my, in my teen years and in more recent times have found a way to really begin to integrate and understand all of those early experiences as part of my path into my purpose as a medicine woman and supporter of community and have always known that um, service and being part of a collective is my, what makes my heart sing and being able to connect this piece of my life that for a very long time I had to be very quiet about being my, my psychedelic journeys. Um, it's really just been a beautiful unfolding and a continuous adventure of learning.
0: Thank you both. The Ancestor Project, you all are really doing a lot in the service of bringing community together, specifically around, you know, sacred earth medicines and 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 really, leading the way into how we collectively heal and decolonize ourselves, even as I think about black people specifically stepping away from the medical model mm-hmm. and and how we typically treat illness and and disease and all of that stuff. Could you share as much as you're comfortable with on at what point did did you did charlotte and Andre did you both get together and say? We got to give this to the people. We got to bring this to our people. When did that happen? Like, what, what's the backstory?
1: Mm, well, I mean. Of the
0: creation of the ancestor project, I guess is what I'm asking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Thank yeah. you. And, and thank you for that dope question. Can I also offer. So it, as our, it, it is our tradition to, to start any sacred conversation and we view this as a sacred conversation with a prayer to bring our ancestors in so that instead of me and Charlotte talking, like we're interesting to to, to listen to as far as we're concerned. Right. But wouldn't it be more interesting is if uh, the spirits that move through all things use our voices to speak. So, so if I could start with a prayer, would that be okay with you? You cool with that?
0: That is so lovely and welcome. Absolutely.
1: Creators, spirits that move through all things, spirit guides, ancestors, allies, and relatives. It is us. And we are one vibration, one heartbeat. And we thank you for the breath of life that has been breathing all things, all creation and ourselves. Spirit keepers from the east, be with us and fill us with vision and clarity so that as we walk along this path, we do so with gentleness and respect for ourselves and for all of our relations. Spirit keepers from the south, be with us and fill us with love and compassion for ourselves and for all of our relations, the two legged, the four-legged, the wingeds, the people of the air, the people of the water, the rock people, the tree people, the plant people, the insect people, the mycelium beings, the virus beings, the bacteria beings, and all of our relations, all of our relatives, spirit keepers from the West. As the winds blow forth, let it bring forth healing and balance to our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our community, and environment in the one heartbeat, one vibration. Spirit keepers from the North, be with us. Fill us with wisdom so that we make wise choices. And as we transition from this place to the next, that we do so with gentleness and respect for ourselves and for all of our relations. And we also consider the 21 generations that precede us in all the vibrations that we're responsible for creating in this space. Pachamama, so radiant and beautiful, we honor you with deep reverence and respect. And we thank you for the bounty, the abundance and love and care that is here in the space. We ask that you remind us never to take more than we need from the space and to always give back more than we take. Ashe aho, basi. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Um, so I'm going to answer really quickly because I've already taken off the mic and I'd love to hear what Charlotte has to say. But so I... My first ceremony with ayahuasca, uh, my first time I sat with ayahuasca, it was very clear that I was going to be on the medicine path. I didn't, at that time, I was not clear whether I was ever going to serve medicine, but I was like, I'm serving, I'm serving these plants, these, these animal spirits. And the, this earth, what I realized was I'm going to serve, I'm going to be a servant of the earth. Right. And collective liberation. That's something that we, we came to together but that the initial spark was the, my first ayahuasca ceremony for sure. Like that, it was very challenging but very beautiful. Um, and then, in terms of like how Ancestor Project came together, I think Charlotte does a really good job of sharing.
2: Yeah, last time you told this story, I was like, you left out all the fun parts.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> our, our initial conversations, um, you know, I would say that what what these medicines have really supported me in recognizing are all of the ancestral breadcrumbs that have been dropped for me throughout my life. And so the ancestral, the breadcrumb that really, that brought Dre and I together was that some black media site, I think it was like, okay player or something, put out an article about the intersection of race and psychedelics. And this is like something that in my own experience, because my my origin plant is was cannabis when I was a teenager and a thousand percent supported me in making it through the dumpster fire of high school um and college and then in college I was introduced to the rave scene in Baltimore and the burner community and the the realm of psychedelics through that sort of portal um But as I got older and my my interactions with the medicines shifted into a more intentional place, I started to have this question of like, why am I always the only or one of very few non-white people in these spaces? And then this article came out. I started thinking more about it. I didn't really have anyone to talk about it with. And then I was working in a co-working space and someone came in with combo marks And I recognized those combo marks from something I had seen in National Geographic and in my studies in anthropology. And I made like a flippant remark that they probably went to a white shaman. And they're like, oh no, it's this guy Dre here in Baltimore, and I can connect you to him. And I was like, oh shit, okay. And our initial conversation was me saying that I wanted to do circles. medicine circles for black women dre thinking that i meant grandmother medicine or ayahuasca but that i had never sat with this medicine so i got like a whole elder earful which was helpful and necessary about like how it was disrespectful to think that you could like serve these medicines having never sat with them and blah blah blah. and i was like okay you not you not wrong about it um (laughs) fair enough Like, okay you are managing people's or supporting them as they have uh are in a very physically spiritually and emotionally vulnerable state so touche i hear you sir but still i think it's important that we're talking about race and psychedelics i invited him to this conference and that was about BIPOC folks and psychedelics and we were just in this room full of other folks that looked like us talking about the experiences that we had both also had in medicine spaces that were predominantly white and seeing just like how much need there was. And we just started talking and sitting in ceremony. I was going through my like initial combo sessions and we were just building a friendship really. And like through our very just, organic conversations, we started to put together these ideas of, okay, we could have a class talking about combo. We could have a dinner talking about mushrooms and collaborate with folks locally. And it was just like a very natural growing. And then the pandemic happened and we had to put it online. And then it just like popped off on the ancestral comet that we are currently still uh, rocking through space on
1: yeah yeah and like it's interesting too because um i think a week before i was in the cannabis industry for about 10 years and building dispensaries up and down the east coast and hiring lots of people for for the industry and like really being immersed in this conversation about cannabis i before that i worked in reforming cannabis laws in in this in the state of maryland and i had just i had Walked away from the industry for a little while because I was disillusioned with, you know, they, they had this sacred plant called cannabis, but the relationship was like it was a commodity, and the people who went to jail were, were still being the ones punished and not having event taken. They weren't, you know, involved in owning any of these these, these businesses. So uh, I left. But when I left, I was like, okay, what do I do next? Because I, this is, I, I thought this is where I was going to spend the rest of my life, working with this, this plant cannabis and supporting it. And so I said, well, you should take the same advice you give all these people that you're supporting, these practitioners, right? Uh, so I had my own shamanic practice, but it was kind of like my side gig, right? And, I, and it was like, well, what is the thing that makes your heart sing? What is the thing that gives you the greatest joy and makes you want to get up every morning and, and, and study and be the best you can? I was like, well, shamanism, but like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to, <laughs> I can't make a living off of that. I can't send my daughter to private school uh, on, on, that, on that side. So I thought, and um, but I was like, well, I'm just gonna listen. I'm just gonna just follow the, the path and like honor honor this. I can't, you know, talk to talk and walk to walk. I give people this advice all the time. What makes your heart sing, do that, right? Don't worry about the money. So I'm like, okay, here I go. And like a week later I get this phone call. Right. And because I was, I remember cause it was my daughter's birthday and I was walking up a hill, like in, in, in Hamden. Anyway. So, so like, it's also really interesting how once you are ready to surrender, right. Right. Then the universe just work, work on your back. And then you just have to do, you have to get out of the way, which means saying yes, right. Saying yes. So you think about this interaction, if, she had gotten all in her feelings and got all like into her ego, blah 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 blah. She, F you old man t- talking to me, tell me what I can't do, blah blah blah, I'm, I'm going. to, because this happens. People are like, don't tell me what to do. I'm going I'm to start a ceremony, ceremony tomorrow. I, I've done mushrooms 12 times. You know, <laughs> I know what I'm doing, right? So it happens all the time. So think about that. She, she had to say yes, and then she invited me to, to come to this conference, and I had to say yes to that. Like and we've just been saying like the the yes to each other and to and that's why it's really why I mean the universe we've just been getting out of the way and allowing the universe to like just conspire on our behalf and it's just really been a beautiful beautiful ride lesson and education continuously so really thankful
2: truth truth because as a person who I would say previously was a real anxious little babe All of this seems, I mean, in retrospect, I'm just like, thank God I started smoking cannabis when I was 14 and my mind just continued to open because otherwise I'd be so rigid that all of this would have been like, no, that's too crazy. No, that's too crazy. No, you know, so I feel like, um, that was like a, you know, a long-winded origin story, but it is really like also the origin story of how we function in this work in that sense of just like allowing, Mm -hmm. um, what uh, allowing and like continually looking for and picking up the ancestral breadcrumbs
1: yeah true thank
0: you for sharing the origin story like and i felt the love just in even hearing the story and and everything and even like the surrender and the the saying yes like you know you charlotte like even checking yourself and just being like this is what could have happened if i wasn't so relaxed right and open Mm -hmm. who knows where both of you would have been had had you not been open to, to, to learning and getting to know each other. A- and I'm wondering at what point did it become so popular? Because now I am, because I'm searching, I'm seeing more Black people and BIPOC people in these spaces. And I'm wondering, have they always existed? Have they always been around? And And I just didn't know it because I wasn't looking. Or is it that it's, it's trendy or it's popular now and it's okay and and people are talking about it more. Um, but from your point of view and your expertise, what do you attribute to you know plant medicines, animal medicines becoming
1: so popular? Results. So so I starts with results. That that's what got me hooked. Was mm-hmm. I had an experience and I was like, oh, this works, all that other stuff could work possibly i i'm mean, i'm not you know i'm i'm sure maybe there but 100% this is working for me like i see movement and shifts in my consciousness and my 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 well-being in every aspect of my life right so i'm going to do that thing right and for sure when i looked at when when i looked at the farm the western methodologies around wellness like they weren't really working well or they could a little bit, or I had to take this drug for the rest of my life to, in order to do that, that that thing. And this was like, or I had to like, you know, judge someone as being being a bad person because they don't believe what I believe. Like all that stuff was like complicated, but this seemed to be like, Oh, what, what, what is this about? It's about me getting deeply radically in love with myself and then transmuting that love to the rest of y'all. That's, you know, but in the constructs that we live, that ain't so easy because the messaging is just the, the diametrically opposed to that, that conversation. So, everything the way we love each other, the way we parent, the way we, the way we compete with each other instead of cooperate with each other, the way we talk at each other instead of talk to and love each other, right? This, this, the, in, instead of like a nourishing environment of love and consciousness, we're like, ah, right? even like our practice of complaining, we just love complaining, complaining, complain. It could be like, you know, uh, but you should come to, you know, I, uh, some of the complaints I have now, I've, I've, after after traveling a little bit, I'm like, oh, like, I'm such a first world, that's such a first world problem. Like, oh, my my guy. My, I don't
2: have scorpions in my shower every right? day. And I don't have to walk to get my water. And I'm, we're going to the jungle in April and I'm like, my little first world ass is about to get smacked down so hard. Like, I'm not even really, the medicine work fine that's gonna be rough pooping myself in the jungle like purging yeah challenging but like i have to sleep in a hammock for 10 nights yeah, and like yeah yeah, yeah. and like probably i don't know shower in the river like excuse me
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: but also i can't wait yeah it's yeah
1: a, um, river, that might, a also- river that might have furan in it and and definitely yeah, has-
2: exactly
1: i'm just saying but yeah. you'll be fine you'll be fine Spirit, spirit is
2: Whatever. um i was gonna say we're, we're mad protected well knocking on not knocking on what i'm just make offering later we're very protected um and i want to say also i feel like more people are are comfortable uh like i hate this term but coming out of the psychedelic cl- closet more people have become more comfortable sharing their their journeys, their experiences. And then I also think that overall we're moving further and further away from this understanding of blackness as a monolith. And so there's much, there's this much more expansive understanding of what it means to be black and that you are not, um, that actually it's limiting a lot of the things that we've put our, put on ourselves of like black folks don't like nature, like we're of nature, all of our ancestors, this is, this is where we come from. Why Have are you we been not? To Africa? Outdoors, right. Like, <laughs> right. Um, or we don't listen to this kind of music, or we don't like that kind of art, or we don't go to these places, or we don't do those white people drugs. Right. Because that was like the rhetoric for a very long time around sacred earth medicines. When the reality is like, these are things that come from our traditions and reclaiming these practices is a part of ancestral healing and decolonization work and so you know i i love now hearing other people's origin stories other black folks origin stories in this work because it's like how did you get hooked especially the folks who who were in it 10 15 20 years ago like what was your experience like being the only one at the rave or the only one in the, in the Maloka or whatever the setting is, you know? Um, So yeah, I think the combination of, and social media too, like it's so much easier to find your people now um, because everything is like so niched down, which is a good and bad thing.
0: When I hear people say, well, you know, I used to do these drugs when I was a teenager, like what's the difference? It's fucking different when you're doing it in a responsible way. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) I can tell you it's in a respectful
0: way. And, 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 And you even learn how to have more love and compassion and honoring yourself in that process.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's dope. And
0: when it's just coming from a party scene, there's no intention behind that except for to get high and have fun.
2: So I would, I'm gonna push back on that just a little bit. Yes. With love and gentleness and respect. I would say that there is a stigma especially that comes from the medical model that what is deemed recreational but I have learned over time and prefer the term social or celebratory use is bad and does not positively impact your mental health and I completely disagree with that. Uh-huh. Like, I, I There's definitely a lot more education that could be done certainly harm reduction that can be done, certainly much more respect and reverence that could be brought into it. Um, And even just little things that you can do, you know, maybe you don't have a full altar setup, but just like saying thank you to the medicine, whatever it is that you're choosing to consume, cannabis, mushrooms, LSD, in a social or celebratory setting, just taking that moment to say thank you, to set an intention to just enjoy the moment, to be joyful, whatever it is. But like all of that, my early um, experiences and journeys, which happened in completely unregulated, quote unquote, recreational spaces were hugely influential influential in my life. And I am able to integrate now that I have different tools, I'm able to still look back on those experiences 10 years ago of dancing in a warehouse for six hours. And now I have the language to say that that was six hours of somatic release, right? That was, and, and being, (laughs) but, you know, or being able to express, I love you to a stranger, right? Like, which seemed like a crazy thing to do now. I say, I love you to people all the time. So I think that there's still a space for that. And then the, the education helps in, keeping people safe when they choose to engage in those spaces.
0: Thank you for that correction. And and honestly, that loving and gentle correction that you just did. Listen here, I was just thinking, like, wait, Tasha, you're you're talking outside of your pay grade because um because you when you were 17, I, when I well when I was 17, I was prepping to go into the Air Force and do some shit that I didn't even understand and live in a way that was so contrary to what I even believe, like my own personal core values. So I didn't even get to like experience anything because my whole life was the military. So thank you for that. Um, yes. So yeah. I'm really wondering, you know, in terms of your own experiences, if you could think of one or two, really, you know, what were your most impactful lessons that you learned about yourself from the use of sacred earth medicine. And I know that that's a loaded question.
1: Yeah, I mean, geez, I, I'm learning lessons each time I sit in ceremony. Um I, and I, I let me answer that question, but I also want to go back to something you said, um you were you were talking about because of your license like and what, what you what your path. And I was thinking because me and Charlotte are in this transpersonal psychotherapy program and uh, but in shamanism, the ethics around shamanism is m- much different than they are in in the the Western psychotherapeutic model, right? Mm-hmm. But so we never would have been to be friends. Right. She came to me for ceremony, but on the on the, on the when you're licensed, you're, you you there's so much there's these unhealthy boundaries where you can't even be friends with the person, right? And who better to care for you than your friends? that can become your family. It's just insane, right? Insane, and you think about what, what Ancestor Project has done already in just two, two years, like um, the voice has been amplified. It is like, as people of color, what we really have to do is question the narratives that come out of our minds or in our brains. Who are we living for? Remember that you're, this, these humans oppressed us, right? And told us that all of the things that we were doing we're bad. Right. And then follow their 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 standard, which is one of competition, not cooperation. So we should question all of that. Even the need to, to be like, look, I don't need a license to support people in their health. I don't want really to care what they think. Right. What I care about is the results from the human beings that I'm support, supporting in the ceremony. That's, that's, that's who I'm responsible for. Not what the government tells me, tells me or, or some authority figure that is, that is controlled by people who are of significant privilege, who benefit really the privilege benefits only them. I don't really care. Right? So I just want to offer that and profit. that. now what was the question you asked me again? I told you I lost your to channel. <laughs> hold on,
0: hold on. I'm going like, to get to that question, it. but I just want to say this because it's on my heart. One of the most awkward but touching moments For me, I'm I'm just going to name this hour we were having a Zoom call, and you told me during the Zoom call that you love me. You said, I love you. And no fucking, no kidding, Dre. I got, I, when I got in touch with my therapist, I said, that man, I said, I don't even know him. And he told me he loved me because as a therapist, we're, you know, because white supremacy has taught us that we have to have these barriers, these walls, you know, between us and the client. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can't show affection. You can't have these relationships. You can't accept gifts. Yeah, you can't yeah, do all these yeah. things. If you see them out in public, you're not supposed to acknowledge them. Yeah. There's, there's this whole list of ethical things that we are not allowed to do right. as licensed therapists. And right. it's fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right? absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So then, so I've never told anybody that I, that I met in a, like a professional, whatever, that I'm like, I love you. i didn't even know how to feel like (laughs) what do i do with that and i was like because when you told me, i was like "Uh, i I love you too (laughs) 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 So i hadn't i never had you know i didn't tell you so i just i want to name that now
1: thank you i appreciate that that's dope and the
0: beauty (laughs) of what you all do is that again you don't need a license for it yeah you don't need all of these you don't need um white supremacy telling you how you're supposed to, um... Yes,
2: and not leading a... I feel like this is a good loop back to, like, Dre and mine's initial conversation. You don't need a... Like, I don't need a piece of paper. There is no piece of paper that could ever say... There's no class that you could take that, like, gets you. However training is just a part of i mean even in in indigenous communities and in ancestral practice like yeah. training is absolutely important you do need to like put in your time and your work to healing yourself right mm-hmm. and then understanding how you keep folks safe and protected physically mentally spiritually collectively in in that space in those realms um but yeah pieces of paper are BS.
0: yeah degrees oh. are silly so in thinking about what is one thing that you learned about yourself
1: oh. mm-hmm.
0: that, that sacred earth medicine has taught you about you? And, and I know that the list would be long, but just anything even recently that, that you've realized about yourself as a result of the medicine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so the, I think the first thing that comes to me is like I, I realized that I did not have to operate from a construct of scarcity that I can truly operate from a a construct of abundance Mm -hmm. and that my greatest power, my greatest superpower, uh, we all have many, but my greatest was love. Like, like love, like really embracing love. Now the thing is, is that love is not a transactional thing for me, right? It's a choice I make this decision. I make to love you without your conditions Now, I may not, you, you may be, someone that I don't spend a lot of time around because you may be dangerous to me, but like I, you are the the truth. The ultimate truth is that everyone who's listening to this is either, unless it's a dog or cat, maybe a dog cat, maybe your fish is going to listen to this. Right. But uh, you're all homo sapiens. You all live on this planet on earth. We are all one species, one heartbeat, one vibration, all of us, even the ones who don't believe it and don't know it. The reality is this is, this is the truth. So, uh, so I, and you know, that's really scary. The idea of like loving someone without the expectation of them loving you back. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> right? Wait, 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 come on. But yeah, it's so much power, and is it, is get is get that one thing. But look, it's not just about like trying. It's not about listening to my words and then being like every day look in the mirror and tell yourself I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Right? You, you can do that. Right. It's it's the experience, right? It's not the logical left part of your brain. It's like you actually feel an experience. And then the only way that I knew how to do that is in a non ordinary state of consciousness. And the medicines that I choose to use, ones like MDMA, ayahuasca, iboga, uh, uh, tobacco, cannabis, you know, and, and many medicines like that to open up those to open up my consciousness, to open up my consciousness to the truth of who I really am. I like to say the name that I chose. And I guess that was the ultimate gift was learning that I had a name that I chose before my parents were born. And that is truly who I am. Not the story of I'm a man and I'm a, living in America and I'm African American or black, depending on who I'm talking to. And, you know, I come from the East coast and all this other story, that's not who I am. I'm more, I'm more than those, those boxes. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience and my fundamental nature here is pure creative power and unconditional love.
0: Thank you for that, Dre. Charlotte, what's been something that you've learned about yourself?
2: All of those things. Also, I think a greater capacity to be gentle and patient with myself, which has allowed me to be much more gentle and patient with the outside world and with other people. In terms of, I would say also, you know, these medicines are really supportive in doing some deep shadow work. So, learning the ways in which I have the capacity to cause harm has allowed me to step out of a victim mentality, which is a really disempowering place to be. It's a comfortable place to be, but it's a really disempowering place to be. So, yeah, I would say that is both something that the medicine taught me that has supported me in life and is also the realization or insight that probably most prepared me for partnership also. Someone asked me this recently, um, like how I prepared for the partnership that I'm in now with my um intimate partner. And yeah, I would say learning that we each have the capacity to cause harm so that you're not always in the victim, victim place is really powerful and how you relate to yourself and then how you relate to everyone around you too. And your past, like how you relate to your past also. So yeah.
0: You know what you and, and Dre have shared? I think that these medicines, they, they do. It's, it's the love part for me, you know, and and when you know who you are, when you know your name, right before your mother's birth, before your father's birth, who are you really? Right? It changes how you see yourself. It changes what you allow from other people. Um, it just just how how you kind of move in the world once you know what you were created for and like what's in you and what you've always really been outside of the trauma.
2: Yeah once you know that you are a divine being yeah uh it's kind of hard to like backtrack off of that and i think that also helps in the gentleness piece Mm -hmm. right because then you can see yourself mirrored in every being around you Mm -hmm. and yeah i've been thinking a lot and we've been talking a lot about bell hooks as like the matriarch of gentle decolonization work where it's like, I will do it with love. I still have a machete. And I'm still going to talk about some real serious shit. And you're not going to walk all over me. But I don't have to be aggressive about it. I don't have to be in the victim place about it. I can, I can speak on this with deep love for myself, for my community, for the earth, for all that. Yeah, hold on
0: charlotte say the thing you said about the machete again because I, that's
2: I, this is not my i can't even let me not even take credit though for this there's like two brands that have like uh one started with a t-shirt or a candle line about like something in my machete and then i saw it again today of this yeah. the one the post i saw today was about i am a nurturer and i carry a machete
0: hmm
2: and I think that's, that's real. Like, I can love you deeply, but I'm not going to have my, you know, my community and my earth, you know, abused and walked all over. Um, but we don't need to perpetuate m- more communication that lacks love and respect. Like, we need to be models of how we actually want to see a more equitable future unfold
1: yeah i mean you can say look let's practice this right now let's say no right but you can say no like this no you can say no no i'm not going to do that right so so we don't like you can you can you can be affirmative and gentle and respectful right it's the fear that causes you because maybe maybe your point of view you're not really you don't really believe in it that much right you're kind of like maybe you because you're thinking you're using someone else's thoughts to express yourself that you own. And so maybe you're not so confident about it. And so your know is not, you're not comfortable with those boundaries, right? But when you really fall in love with yourself and the, and the rest of us, you get to you get to this place where, you know, no is just, a gentle, it's a gentle thing, right? It's a beautiful thing to say no. It's a gift that you're giving someone to give them boundaries so they don't injure themselves and you, and, and you don't injure yourself, right? And to put ourselves in very nourishing environments, like surround ourselves with love and nourishment. We don't need to surround ourselves with people that we have to be like, no to in the first place. Right. If someone doesn't respect your boundaries, swipe left, swipe left. Okay. Swipe left. Don't deal with it for the, so those people that are in the sixties, there's a, there's a thing in the ad now with apps and it's like, uh, what do you call it? It's like uh, dating apps. And you sure. swipe it if, you're not, if you're not into if you, if you're into someone, Meaning you really want to have sex with them? You swipe right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know the person. You don't know. It's just a picture, right? It's just a picture and a little fake, fake write up. So
2: I met Javon by swiping right. Yeah, yeah,
1: it, yeah right. It so you, ain't no, ain't no was swiping right. Swipe right. Get that. Listen. And it was one of those love. times where
2: I was like, I'm about to delete this app off my phone. I was like, just a couple more
1: swipes. No, no. And get your erotic like, love. Get that erotic love. But you're erotic love. But you also have. Admirative and compassionate love, a deep compassion with love and admirative love for that human being, because he's dope. Like I, like I, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm a heterosexual male, male, but like I can, I can see the appeal. Like he's good looking, tall, dark, chocolate, you know, deliciousness, and just sweetest, sweetest <laughs> pie. So you know, it's so true. if you slip, if you flip up, Charlotte, I'm coming for him.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> because it will, it would be me. <laughs> let's be honest about it, because it's, it's not gonna be him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you know for sure about
1: healing? Mm. <sighs> so, happens, my answer is going to be so boring. In
0: community.
2: Why? It's, it happens in community. It happens if yeah, in community. He- he- yeah, I
1: like that. Healing happens in community. And it's really like, again, like, you know, love. Love is the, is the answer, really, is the answer to all these things. We have to focus on love. Look, you know, most of our trauma that we are experiencing right now is our own creation. Right, It did happen, the things have happened to us, but we keep on replaying the same old stories over, over and again. Someone convinces us that we're not lovable when we're two. And now we're 62 and we're still repeating that same messaging. Now with compassion and respect, there's a reason for that. It's our brains are kind of wired that way. The good news is that we have some answers and solutions. solution. Our ancestors have, some, we know how to rewire our brains and then create communities. We have start, got to create communities that are nourishing and safe for all of us. Stop waiting for your vote to count, right? Make your actions count, like how you love each other. Truth, truth. Yeah, the
2: other I would say is, and I think this is like one of our value, our company values is you have to heal yourself before you heal the world. Ooh, so speak there's like a really big. <laughs> There's like a lot of rhetoric about like the wounded healer. And while it is absolutely necessary to go through your own darkness, you then don't bring your shit into ceremony. No. Like you need to be able to come to a place where. At the time of ceremony, you are a vessel for spirit. You're not bringing your ego, your biasy, your judgment, any of that into the ceremonial space. And, to, and whatever your ceremony is, you're a Reiki healer, you teach yoga class, you're a massage therapist, you do breath work, whatever it is, you're a therapist. You need to have addressed and gone to your own darkness first before you're supporting other folks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope everybody out there is able to really hear that, right? Because there's a lot of folks who are, are putting themselves in positions of healing, supporting people in their healing, and they haven't done enough work in themselves, right? Like the truth is, we're always in the process of un- uncovering, unfolding, right? But here's a little hint. If most days you're sad and unhappy, you're not, you ain't ready, right? If you're walking around moping and angry, your life is not like you're not living in a life of abundance. Take your time. Take your time. Wait. It's, it's OK. You can you can support people in ceremony in many di- different ways. Right. And, and and I think we think that life is a ceremony so that the way you move through life is very thoughtful and very present and very gracious. Right. If you move through life that way, you know, that I feel like that is attracting abundance to your life. At least this is what's worked for us.
0: It is. And, and even hearing you and Charlotte talk about you know, you, the, the importance of healing yourself. Mm. I said, every person, if you are in a position, if you have a business where you are calling yourself some kind of a healer, or you're doing this work, yeah, or you're in a family and you're trying to get help for somebody, but you've not done your own work, then it's not really going to have the impact that you're looking for. You have to, you have to heal yourself. Yeah. And that's a continual process. It's not a one-time thing. Yeah. But, but, but he'll, you know, all of the places that, that are void, that are wounded, that need attention, you have to do that work and then you can bring somebody else along with you.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. true. That's true. And also like really also, this is the other thing, like when we talk about these, this medicine path, uh, you know, people, I keep hearing people say this thing. I, it's, I, 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 I don't really hate many things, but this is one phrase i hate i was called to the medicine now reason why i don't like that is because it, it's very human for you to think that you in control right you that you you made a decision i i made a decision Sit, but i no you didn't that medicine that me, the medicine called and you answered the call you answered the call to the medicine but you you you're you're not as in control of this conversation as you think you, you will. Right. So like uh, I, when people say, Oh, when people say, I don't really feel called, I don't really feel called. Like, it's like, that's probably just your ego talking, right? Cause collective liberation is something that we all desperately need in this abusive traumatized <clears throat> experience. That is the Western, the Western uh, ideologies around like how humans should live their lives. And so we definitely all need some support in this area, but like, I, I'm just, it's it's a little. Uh, oh, 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 let me just say this: the medicine calls you. In my opinion, the medicine calls you, and then your job is to answer the call, right, and receive the receive the gifts. But the gifts is for all of us. And if you are working with these medicines. I want you to consider that it's not about your pathology. Like it's not about, I have an addiction or I have this or that. It's like, I'm there's so many layers of your healing for all of us. Even if you had like perfect parents, I don't know anybody who has those. Like we all have a, the, the birthing process is, is kind of traumatic. Uh, just, just coming into this world. We all have a tremendous amount of healing to do. Um, so what I'd like you to think of consider that you're coming to this medicine path, right. To listen to your, your teachers, Right. To get guidance and wisdom on how to fall deeply and passionately in love with yourself. We heal heal yourself and then we heal the rest of the world.
0: Thank you for that, Jerry. Charlotte, I think that you actually um, answered this question, this next question earlier, because you were talking about community. Um, And so I want to know, you know, from both of you, what do you know for sure about community?
2: Community is also necessary. Community is love. Community should feel like love. Yeah. Yes. Let me correct myself because you could be surrounded by some folks who really don't have your best interest at heart. So when you are in a place where you feel love, that is community, that is family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, Also, just to like circle back just a tiny bit on the last question. Also, this isn't to say that you then are not, like we are always in a continuous process of learning, healing, apprenticing, evolving. There is like, you know, a big intentional effort towards clearing out and becoming aware of, not even clearing out, becoming aware of and integrating all parts of ourselves before stepping into the role of supporting others. So um, it's a continuous and evolving path. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, community.
1: And I think community is really about integration. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we do most of our integration in community. So it's like essential to the work that we do. You know, Ceremony gives you the awareness, right? The preparation for ceremony. So yes, I said preparation, not just like. And preparation is typically not you and your friends hanging out, hanging out and being like, "Hey, I think we should do some medicine tonight, right?" It's probably it's like with some intentionality in, in terms of if you want to get like an optimize your experience, right? Um, but it, so this it's the preparation, the awareness, and then the integration, and a big part of the integration comes from your community like the the, the the this conversation we're having right now talking to your other friends who do this crazy stuff we do right and like relating and connecting and supporting each other um it's important I, I right now i'm doing a juice fast and i have four people four community members who on their own volunteered to support me in my juice fast right so think about that think about like it's this has actually been really easy for me to do because i'm like i i got other people supporting me and I, Not that I don't want to let them down, but like, I'm so, I'm so, it was, it was so much easier to do this fast because I had these four people that are honoring me and like breathing wind into my cell. That's community.
0: For people who are listening and they want to connect with you, they want to join um, your integrations or any courses that you're, that you're offering. Could you talk about, what you have going on right now, any any uh, workshops that you've got coming up, anything that you just want to share or just lead them to your website to to look those things up either way.
2: Yeah, so you can find us online at The Ancestor Project on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is theancestorproject.com. We do monthly masterclass workshops on different topics so for January it's building an intentional relationship with sacred earth medicines for February I believe it is microdosing to dismantle oppression and we'll just like keep going with those topics through the year and we have a psychedelic liberation training coming up for clinicians and facilitators who are committed to being agents of collective liberation in this work. And then if you're interested in sitting in ceremony, we work with Combo here in Baltimore and we're able to travel as well. So you can find all of that information on our website too.
0: Great. And Charlotte, thank you so much for like having this conversation with me. Um We love you. See, now it's you. normal. It is. It is. Dre taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Um, thank you so much for listening to when we speak follow me on instagram at tasha hunter lcsw if you haven't done so yet please rate review and follow me on itunes and share it on your social media if you want a copy of my book what children remember it is available on amazon until next time